We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Butting Heads Podcast, part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are just a few days away from the Super Bowl, recording this uh, the night of February 7th. I'm Steve Barrow here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, how you feeling? There's one football game left before September. That just sounds depressing. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a little upsetting, man. It's a little upsetting for sure. Uh, and it's the Chiefs and the 49ers. And I'm sure most of you are like us. And I'm not super excited about this matchup. It's pretty much the matchup nobody wanted to see. And I hate to say it. I think the 49ers are going to win. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. I don't want to say it either, but uh, more than likely they're going to end up winning and Go numbers. That's all I got to say. Go. Oh, God. Well, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of Super Bowl takes here. We are recording. Last week, if you listen to our pod, we went in-depth on the candidates the Rams have had interviewed for a defensive coordinator. And then, like, 12 hours or so after we recorded, they hired Chris Shula. Uh, we talked about him for for those unfamiliar with Chris Shula. He's been a assistant coach on the Rams defense since about 2017. We noted um, that he has basically coached every positional unit on the defense. So it, it did kind of feel like they were prepping him for this type of role. Shula uh, is the grandson of. Don Shula, if you are wondering the relationship there. He also played football at Miami of Ohio with Sean McVay. So uh, 
people would will obviously point to the nepotism of the Don Chula relationship. I point to the this is just one of Sean McVay's friends, and that's probably how he ended up on the coaching staff. But uh, it's an interesting hire, man. It's I don't have a ton to add from last week. I am, you know, I I trust McVay and Les Need to make this hire. But uh, it's he has familiarity with the system. He has coached under three different defensive coordinators here, and before here he was briefly with the Chargers as a quality control coach. But it's a big year, man, and if he ends up just not being the guy, uh, it's it's going to be tough and a little horrifying and scary. But I, I, I do have faith that they know what they're doing, and we'll see what happens. I'm not going to say it's a good hire because who knows, but you know it's certainly a logical hire, and if you're going to promote from within, he's as qualified as anyone. Yeah, it, it's – it's kind of interesting because it is kind of the first um, internal hire for Sean McVay. But if there was a guy to do so, I guess you go after the guy that's been with your team for a while. And, uh, you know, Shula kind of, you know, checks that box a little bit. It's hard to say, you know, how he's going to do because it's, it's a big leap forward, but um, he has the experience behind him and, Hopefully, this is also a sign that, you know, because he's been around for so long that the players are used to him and, you know, uh, like working with them. And if that's the case, I'm all for it. Um, And based on, you know, other teams poaching the Rams coaches every year, uh, I I think this is a a good sign that this might be the, the player or the coach to hire here. Um, and it's also worth noting that he was also taking interviews from uh, 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 other teams as well. If I'm not mistaken, it was with the Dolphins. Yeah, he, uh, he did get an interview. I think it was the Dolphins. So, it, I mean, it, it's not it's not just out of nowhere. There are other teams that recognize that he is ready for a, a move forward. So, um, here's hoping, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a bit of a risk, but... Uh, I mean, it's hard to move on from a guy like Raheem Morris anyway. So, yeah, I, I don't. I think you're right. I don't think they've they've promoted a single coordinator from a assistant coach. They un, until this. The closest thing was Liam Cohen last year, who was an offensive assistant coach, left for Kentucky to be their offensive coordinator then came to us as our office coordinator and then left again to go back to Kentucky because it, it did not go great here. Um, all the other office coordinators we've had, which is, I, I think it's just because um, he started with Matt LaFleur. And then I don't think he had an office coordinator for a couple of years until they hired Kevin O'Connell. Um, yes. So, yeah, this is really the first coordinator that they've hired from within. Uh, unless you want to count Liam Cohen. And Liam Cohen did not work out. So a little scary. But yeah, the the fact that there was interest from other teams, you know, they probably want to keep the guy around. And I'm assuming the players like him. If he's like, either the players like him because he's been here for a long time or he is really Sean McVay's like best friend. 
or have some blackmail on him. Uh, but I would imagine he's he's liked enough by the players. I don't think they would go this route if if the guys in the locker room didn't didn't have some respect and admiration for him. So we'll see. Uh, it's really hard to to make much out of it at this point. We don't have any history to point to. On another note, there, uh, Cohen actually just got hired by the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, that. Is he their head coach or offensive coordinator? I believe so. Yes. Wow. Baker must like him then. Uh, I mean, well, I yeah, guess he's not. He's not even technically on the team, so who knows? <laughs> maybe, uh, the, maybe Baker won't. Come I didn't out. think about that, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting, man. I uh, a lot went wrong in 2022, so it's. It'd be pretty silly to put all that blame at uh, Liam Cohen's feet. That would be, you know, <laughs> it obviously wasn't all his fault. I don't no. even know how much of it is his fault. Uh, well, I mean, we are going to do offensive player grades today. Did, is there any other news that happened this week that we didn't cover? Uh, not really. I mean, we did get a new um, defensive line uh, coach, uh, if you want to cover that. You are correct. Uh, Jif Smith. What a, what a name. What a name. <laughs> Be there in a Jif. Do you, know, do you know anything about the guy? Admittedly, I did not prep for this part of the podcast. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I don't know uh, a ton about this guy. Um I think that he might be right for the job, uh, but admittedly with a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, positional coach and like assistant coaches, a lot of these guys are either younger guys, you know, trying to, you know, break into coaching or, you know, these are guys that are just valued for their opinion and their input, uh, you know, at their respective positions. So I imagine with Jif, it's kind of the same thing. Jif uh, Smith, he's actually been around for quite a while. He's been a defensive line coach in the NFL since, uh, well, in the NFL since 2010, but in college too, since 1999. Uh, did a big stint at Tulane, big stint at Georgia Tech. Uh, and then in the NFL, he's coached the Bills, Titans, Chargers, uh, and in the last two years, he's been the outside linebackers coach for the Chargers and uh, was the interim coach when Staley was fired. So I guess we should have known that. Um, and he comes in as Rams defensive line coach and run game coordinator. So uh, I, I guess good to get, get in some heavy experience in there uh, along with um, Chris Shula. Kind of funny. He was one of Staley's guys. That's interesting, but. He was with the Chargers for a while before Staley came on board. So cool hire. Raheem Morris poached a bunch more of our assistant coaches, but they're all assistant assistant coaches. So I think we'll be able to replace them. Shall we get into player grades? Let's do this. Well, before we do, Johnny, we're going to talk about prize picks. Okay. I know you are waiting because the Super Bowl is right around the corner and you know you're gonna want 
to make that game more interesting because Lord knows we don't care about the Chiefs and the 49ers. So how can you do that? You can download Prize Picks. It is a daily fantasy football app, but rather than playing against other players, relying on players to get mountains of points and all that stuff, you are just giving more or less stat lines, and all you have to choose is more or less. So let's say the line for uh, Patrick Mahomes is 1.5 touchdowns in the Super Bowl passing. You're just going to have to pick more or less, and you may, you pick a couple, you put them into your, uh, your parlay, and you go from there. Uh, it's, it's a really easy way to make these games more interesting, win money, and you know you don't even have to get all your picks right to win money. If you make four picks, you get three right, you're still going to come away with some money. If you get them all right, you're going to come with a lot of money, and you can actually pair football with other sports. So if you want to get a little basketball on there, you can do that too. And it's really easy to download. All you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash Ramstalk or down the app on your phone and use the promo code Ramstalk, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K, for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Ramstalk. We're going to throw to another one of our sponsors here, and then we're going to get back to the show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. So as always... Uh, whenever we talk about the offense, we always start with the quarterback, and we're going to do that today. Matthew Stafford, a crucial year for him. He makes a lot of money. Oh, and, and by the way, I don't even remember if we did player grades last year or not, but a reminder for our new listeners, we do player grades uh, like mostly based on performance, but partially based on expectation. So because... You know, Aaron Donald and somebody else were out. Like, let's say we're not going to do defense today, but if we give Aaron Donald and Kobe Turner A pluses, uh, it's not because we think they are both A plus players, even though maybe they are. Uh, it's just like with a guy like Kobe Turner, blew away our expectations and had a phenomenal year. So uh, it's a mix of expectation and performance. I would say mostly performance, but. Uh, some guys will obviously get graded higher on, on that kind of curve. So Matthew Stafford, 3,965 yards, 24 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, uh, completed 62.6% of his passes. He went 9-6 and six as a starter. 
Uh, he was selected to his second career Pro Bowl, which is just nuts. Uh, he had the fifth highest pro football focus grade among quarterbacks at 88.2, which is a really remarkable score. Johnny, I don't know if you how much you looked at Matthew Stafford's stats today, but can you tell me off the top of your head how many fumbles he had in 2023? Um, two? None. He had zero fumbles. He is the first quarterback since 1970 to start at least 12 games and not fumble a single time. That is fucking insane. I, I can't believe that stat is it wasn't like plastered everywhere after the season ended. Like that is, that is such a mind-boggling stat. For the amount of times under McVay, we watched Jared Goff just get like blindside sacked and fumbled the ball. Uh, for him to have no sacks is is so nuts. Uh, what's your grade on Stafford this year? I think that there's no doubt about it. It's it's an A plus for me. Um, was he uh, perfect? No, but considering expectation, uh, you go back for the past couple of seasons and it's pretty evident that you gotta say that he had a very flawed you know few seasons and then you go to having a a season where he's having no fumbles he's making better decisions even as an uh, interception rate is a lot lower than it's been in previous seasons so um I I think from an expectation standpoint, it's an A+. He had a hell of a season. He's a uh, big reason as to why the Rams uh, were even in the position to make the playoffs in the first place. So, yeah, I I don't think you give him anything lower. I'm giving him an A. So I'm a a little lower, but uh, partially because I don't want to give out like 40 A-pluses this year because there's a handful of them. (laughs) Uh, and I don't, I don't have anything that I could say, you know, it, my expectations for Stafford this year, even though we, I would maybe me more than you, but we both had some healthy skepticism about if he can get back to form going into the air. He definitely did. Uh, he had a really incredible year that, that fumble stat is crazy. Uh, and he showed us that, yeah, he's the guy, he's going to be the guy next year. There was no need to tank for a quarterback this year. We can still win at the highest level with this guy playing quarterback, at least right now. I would assume it would carry into next year and beyond. Uh, really a, a remarkable year for number nine. We're lucky to have him. Uh, so, Johnny, I want to get through, because I don't know how long this is going to take. We're going to get through the bulk of the guys that actually matter. And then if we have time at the end of the show, maybe we'll come back around and talk about the Carson Wentz and Brett Rippins of the world. We'll go to running back. We'll go to Kyron Williams. He had 228 carries for 1,144 yards and 12 touchdowns on the year. He averaged five yards per carry. Uh, he had three catches in the passing game on 32 catches and 206 yards. He's a pro bowler. He's a second-team all-pro. He had the 11th best running back grade on pro football focus at 80.4 and also the fourth highest grade 
just in terms of rushing the ball. Uh, when he didn't play, the Rams went one and three. Uh, you can credit him as much or as little as you want. I would say with the you know full picture of the season, not having him probably mattered quite a bit. He, per game, because he missed four games, well, I guess technically five games, uh, he had 95.3 rushing yards per game. That was the highest in the NFL. Uh, to name you the next highest guys, Christian McCaffrey at 91.3 rushing yards per game. So, you know, if you want to get technical, total yards, it probably wasn't close with him. But purely rushing, highest guy after McCaffrey, Nick Chubb at 85 yards. Who, what did he, did he even play a second game or was it just one? I don't remember. Uh, James Conner had 80 rushing yards per game. Nobody else was even over 75. So... Uh, he, if you're not Christian McCaffrey, uh, and you played more than two games, he had like at least 15 to 20 yards per game more than you. Uh, Kyron to me is, I'm sure you're about to give out two A pluses in a row because he's an easy A plus for me. Uh, even if my expectations were high, he might still be an A plus, but I, if you go back to our August podcast, please don't. I was sitting here like, how the fuck are you not playing Kyron Williams in the preseason? Like, you have no evidence that he is that guy. And you're just holding him out of the preseason to back up Cam Akers. And here we are, six months later, he's a fucking all-pro. Uh, A-plus, easy. I, I can't wait to see how this guy develops into another year. Uh, so, Kyron Williams is... Um... A, a good example of me loving to be incorrect. And uh, I, I think at one point, Steve and I were even debating, is he even worth having on the roster? And uh, now he's an all-pro, you know, having fun in the Pro Bowl, doing – I'm not sure what actually happens in the Pro <laughs> Bowl anymore because uh, it sure as hell isn't football. But, uh, he had a sick photo with Puka, though. You got to frame that shit. <laughs> Oh man, I, I actually did try watching the Pro Bowl and I, I maybe watched a quarter of it and I was like, yeah, I can't, this is just shit. But uh, anyway, um, back to Kyron. Even if you had the highest of expectations for Kyron, uh, he still deserves an A. And if you said you did expect it from him, you're freaking lying because. Nobody expected him to have a Pro Bowl season. Um, you know, e even if you're a diehard Notre Dame fan, you are not predicting for him to have a Pro Bowl season. I, I tell you what, the diehard Notre Dame fans I know did not text me after the pick and say, this guy's going to be an all-pro. <laughs> I know I'm good friends with a couple. None of them did it. Well, there you have it right there. Um, so... Uh, you know, kudos to him. He he deserved the the Pro Bowl nod. He had a hell of a season, and also like Stafford, a big reason to the success of the season. So, um, for me, yeah, A plus, no doubt about it. Don't care if I gave back to back A pluses. Um, it, it's kind of warranted in this case. Well, uh, and it's you know, I would say going into this season, we both expected that the Rams would have to 
bring in a really capable running back in 24. Because uh, even the people who are high on Cam Akers, uh, he was in a contract year. There was absolutely no fucking way, even if everything went right, that they would re-sign him. Uh, it would have been shocking. And now, if you run it back with this running back roster, you know, we'll talk about it at a later date. Uh, and we've already talked about it. I think we both agree they should still add somebody, but like you don't need to spend big money or high draft capital on a running back now because you have a, an all pro who just appeared at, not out of nowhere. They took him in the fifth round, but like you've got two all pros on your roster that you drafted in the fifth round. That's just like, it's just a crazy turn. I, I don't want to say luck because a lot of hard work from Kyron and the, front office i'm sure went into all of this but here we are man uh we we really just need to find him another backup should johnny should we go for the three p on another a plus or should i pick a non-a plus player pick a non-a plus player because it's gonna make me sound less of a homer (laughs) all right well we'll start with then the highest paid guy in the receiver room cooper cup who maybe you'll shock me and give him an A+. Plus. In 12 games, he had 59 catches for 737 yards and five touchdowns. You know, sounds okay, but A, we're paying this guy about $30 million, and B, you dig into it, he had eight games with 52 or fewer yards. He had five games with 29 or fewer yards. He graded out 45th among wide receivers on pro football focus at 71 and a half uh was his grade you know and we factor in expectation for guys who grade high kind of got a factor in with him here too so johnny what is your grade on cooper cup super bowl mvp i i honestly do not want to say it (laughs) but uh i I'll go ahead and say a D because, I mean, you could honestly make an argument It's a, if from an expectation standpoint, uh, this could be very well be an F, but I'm only giving him a D because um, from basically what we understand, you know, he came back from a, a nagging injury from the start of the season uh, and you know, didn't look the same. You know, he, he still fought like hell during the season, picked up a couple other nagging injuries, especially towards the end. Um, and then when we looked at him and, you know, the playoffs, even the last few games of the season, he he just didn't look right. He looked like he was limping and just not at his full speed. And in the end, it, it makes sense that, he, he just wasn't going to perform like he would have last year, uh, you know, with all these, you know, nagging injuries attached to him. So here's hoping that in 2024, he can bounce back, be that, you know, productive player he was in, um, you know, the previous season. So, um, yeah, from, from a expectation standpoint, I, I would have to say a D. I I think an F would be too way too harsh. Uh, I'm giving him a C minus, so I'm not that far behind you. Um, 
because like it's easy to forget now when he came back he had back-to-back 100 yard games he looked great uh and then that just stopped like very quickly uh and like you said he had a lot of injuries um he's coming back from an injury basically coming back from two injuries because he had the 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 surgery last year and then like you said hurts his hamstring in the sprint or in the in the preseason so he had a lot working against him but like he was playing and this is all we got he had some moments but they were few and far between you know you could make the case like well they had puka i think that and honestly should help him because if you had to put all that attention on puka he should probably be getting open more than when he's being hyper targeted and getting doubled a lot and still catching the ball through double teams um i you know we've already talked about cup a little this offseason i i think we both agree that a lot of this was injury related and we can be a little bullish on cup going into the next season but yeah this is tough to watch for the most part uh and in that playoff game you know they're they're thrown to him like he's super bowl run cooper cup and he he was not that guy uh i i will go a c minus here i think a d is fair uh before we hand out another a plus let's how about we go to tutu atwell um who is probably the most interesting guy here because (laughs) relative to expectation for us you know it's hard not to give him an a plus because he did anything but i think we need to grade this one on a curve in that sense uh tutu atwell 39 catches on 67 targets for 483 yards and three touchdowns now nearly half of that came in the four games that cooper cup didn't play so if cup suited up every game this season you'd have to imagine those numbers would be quite a bit lower uh he played a few games with cup and puka together didn't do much then he got hurt and pretty much ended up losing his job from there uh was was basically out of the rotation outside of that one touchdown catch against i don't remember who that was um was that the was that the playoff game uh, he did score in the yes. game, right? Yes, I do believe so. Yeah, he played like four snaps and scored on one of them. Uh, so it was pretty bizarre how he f- completely fell out of the rotation. Uh, Pro Football Focus grades 68.3. That's 57th best in the league among receivers, but only like three points lower than Cup. Now, <laughs> because we include expectation in these, I cannot give the man lower than a B plus uh, because I my expectation was he would contribute absolutely nothing this year because I did not think he was an NFL player. And he proved that he was an NFL player to the point where we ended the season being confused why he wasn't playing more. Um, I think a lot of what we saw in those four games without Cup was just being an NFL player, playing in the right system with the right quarterback and the right coach, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tout him as like, he should be a starter next season. I don't really think he should be, but he he should be on the roster. And that was not what I thought would happen going into the year. So I kind of have to give him a B plus. If I wasn't including my expectations, it'd probably be like closer to a B minus, but 
I can't go lower than that uh, and come to this podcast and be an honest man. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I actually, believe it or not, I, I gave him the same grade here as a B plus. Uh, and the reason being is because, yes, he did exceed expectations from, I think, just about everybody. Uh, there was a really big question as to whether the, or not this guy was actually, you know, a, a a guy that could contribute or not. And he proved that, yes, he can. It's just a matter of, you know, coaching, finding a, a spot for him. And even towards the end, you, you kind of have to figure that there, if there was a spot available, they should have found it. Um, instead, you know, went in favor of Demarcus Robinson, who you can't even blame there because he he stepped up quite a bit as well. So I, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know what the answer is there because uh, it, it could just be he just doesn't benefit being in a Sean McVay run system. And uh, that's fine. That's that that's fine. But uh, then why um, did you draft him? In the second fucking round, man. Creed Humphrey. I um God. Yeah, uh, I still question to this day. Uh, I don't think anyone really has an answer for that. I don't even know if Sean McVay or Les Need has an answer for that at this point. Um, but it is what it is. And, yeah, he far exceeded my expectations. Um, it's just a shame that he can't be out there consistently. And... Um, yeah, I, there's not much else to say uh, other than that. So, yeah, solid B plus for me, and I hope that you know, hopefully next year he, they could find some way to get him out there, uh, even if it's not, you know, maybe like at thirty, forty percent. That'd be nice. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta go back and see if they did the behind the draft videos the year to do out while got drafted because I, I would like to hear what they were saying in the room uh they probably didn't because it's probably just them being mad that they couldn't get the Eskridge, who is actually worse which is kind of wild um but yeah i you know i i hope unless you bring like if you just bring back to marcus robinson who we'll talk about in a little bit and i'd be happy with well we can talk about robinson now um but if you just bring him back, then, yeah, I want to see Tutu play. Uh, Robinson, 26 catches for 371 yards and a touchdown. I don't know what the hell just happened to my voice. I, like, half <laughs> half hiccuped there. Uh, he graded out to 70 on Pro Football Focus, 51st in the NFL, just a point and a half behind Cooper Cup. He, you know, he's a B for me, pretty easy B. Uh, I would say... If you told me Demarcus Robinson, oh, did I say one touchdown? He had three or four. I can't remember. Um, if you told me Demarcus Robinson would play the amount he did, I would probably predict the numbers he had. So I, a solid B. Um, he was Demarcus Robinson, and I'd like to have him back on a cheap deal next year um, because he's a productive NFL player, as he always has been. Uh, I, I'm going to give uh, Demarcus Robinson a B plus also, 
just because this is a guy that we weren't even sure is going to make the roster. You know, he came in uh, for during the preseason as like, eh, you know, we'll give this guy a flyer and uh, managed to uh, basically wipe the floor with, with just about everyone that was actually participating in, um, in preseason. And, you know, he came, he came in and while in the first half of the season didn't participate much, but finally when he got his opportunity, he made every opportunity count and that does count for something. So, um, yeah, I think had he been used for, you know, the majority of the season, I, I think um, he'd get like that A or A minus. Uh, a-. Um, but I don't know if that's a Marcus problem or a coaching problem. So, um, yeah, I, I I think a solid B plus is fair. And uh, I would absolutely love to have Demarcus Robinson back next season. And primarily the reason is because I think even if Demarcus Robinson doesn't come back, they will just keep Tutu on the bench anyway. So may as well get a guy out there that they'll at least use. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I, I mean, I think the – because we know we know about Cup or not Cup, uh, Puka. Uh, I I think they'll probably end up drafting receiver on day three again, um, just because they always do. But I think they'll keep Robinson. It's it's wild that he was available in June. You know, like that's just kind of bizarre because he he was fairly productive with the Ravens. Um, I didn't realize this that he was cut by the Raiders after like two weeks of the preseason in 2022 so shout out to josh mcdaniels for continuing to be a complete fucking bozo like <laughs> what an idiot don't hold back steve tell us how you really feel <laughs> i have been doing it for years uh <laughs> christ man let's uh let's hand out another a plus here uh i'm actually gonna give this guy an s johnny because is, is do we consider that higher than an a plus in here yeah s tier yeah we're giving puka naku an s uh, you could have had, like, if you came in, if like if I came in and told you before the season, give me your wildest possible ceiling for Kyron Williams. Maybe you say the stat line he had. If I said it for Puka Nakua, you would have been like a thousand yards, maybe. Uh, he this motherfucker comes in with a hundred and five catches on a hundred and sixty targets. For 1,486 yards, catches and yards, both rookie records, breaks a rookie record that stood since 1960 for yards. Uh, He has six touchdowns, plays one playoff game, breaks the rookie record for playoff yards in a playoff game by a rookie with 181 yards. Uh, His 90.2 pro football focus grade was eighth best in the league ahead of the likes of A.J. Brown. He's a pro bowler. He's a second-team all-pro. He's on the all-rookie team. He'll probably be the runner-up for rookie of the year. Uh, yeah, I go S because this is just like like one-of-one one type stuff. We have seen running backs come out of nowhere and blow up like Kyron Williams did. We've seen quarterbacks bounce back like Matthew Stafford has. We have never seen a fifth-round pick at wide receiver just completely shatter every fucking ceiling um it's unprecedented he had a better rookie year than justin jefferson and jamar chase like 
those guys are on project trajectories to be Hall of Famers. Justin Jefferson on trajectory to be the best wide receiver to ever play the sport. And maybe, at least second. And Puka Nakua tops them both. Uh, it's just unbelievable. And he he's really good at Madden. <laughs> he's the fucking man, dude. Uh, he's, he seems like such a fun guy. Yeah, hell yeah, man. I, I'd love to play a game of Madden with him. Um, probably kick my ass because I suck at Madden, but that's another story. Uh, as far as uh, Puka goes, we I, I feel like um, because of the buzz surrounding him and uh, because of you know Cooper Cup obviously being missing the first four games of the season, there was that sort of expectation that he would produce. Um, you know, they, there was buzz around uh, training camp, buzz around, um, you know, the I, – I think he was in, like, one preseason game for, like, 10 snaps or something like that. And uh, he even made an in, uh, impression there. Uh, so that being said, um, there was a very slight expectation there that uh, he might contribute a little bit. But – if we're being honest with ourselves, when we consider a fifth-round pick contributing a little bit, we're thinking, best-case scenario, this guy has three to 400 yards, and that, that's a hell of a win already. This guy was one of the best receivers in football this year, if not the best. You know? Um, let's not go that far. But let's not go was, that far. He was one of the best receivers in the NFL. You know what, Hamilton? Uh, he, he was he was the best. Now, no, no, Tyreek Hill played this year. <laughs> he was not the best. He doesn't count. He's a cheetah. <laughs> he was great, though. I mean, like he's not better than Justin Jefferson today. He had a better no. year than Justin Jefferson did. Like that's yeah. that's that's a fact. Somehow, that that is a true statement. So, yeah, in, in the grand scheme of it all, hell yeah, the man deserves an A-plus and more. He deserves Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I'm sorry, C.J. Stroud, you had a hell of a year, but he deserves it more than you. I'll, I'll, let, you, uh, I'll let you take that take. I, yes. I don't agree, but I will allow it. Steve, you're, you're, you're catering to the quarterbacks now, man. I don't know. It's tough. I, I I mean, I don't know. I I I would be perfectly fine with him getting it. Obvi- obviously, like imagine if I wasn't. I, I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> uh, yeah, Puka. He, I think he played in one preseason game, had three catches for thirty-two yards, and they were like, "All right, we're good." Um, but. Yeah, yeah, he only. Oh, I, it's it's hard to find preseason stats after the regular season starts, um, but I think if you even go back to like our pods in August, we were like, yeah, you know, maybe he could be the wide receiver three behind Van Jefferson and Cooper. Oh Cup. boy! <laughs> like, and here we are. Uh, he is, you know, the clear. Why does he want you? Never in our wildest dreams would we ha- have envisioned any of this, man. It's it's pretty crazy. Uh, we're so lucky. To are, have we gonna, are we going to do expectations on uh, or grades on uh, 
Van Jefferson. <laughs> we yeah, we'll we'll do it. <laughs> I'll pull up his stats later. I want to at least get through the rest of the starters, and I'm down. I'm down to do Van. Uh, let's take a quick break here before we get to the next guy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Tyler Higby, 47 catches, 495 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, it was statistically his worst season, worst season in yards and touchdowns since 2018. Um, pro football focus grade was a 57.6, the 43rd best among tight ends. It's also his lowest pro football focus score since his rookie year. Uh, you talk about the eye test. He failed it. There was a lot of plays this year where he just looked bad. Um, and we extended him before the season started. Unfortunately, now he's dealing with in He tore his, what, he tear his ACL? Did he tear multiple things? Yeah, I think he tore his MCL as well. It's insane. Um, so I don't really want to – I would like to talk about this, like, just in a nutshell. We don't need to talk about – what's going to happen with them going forward because the injury kind of threw a wrench in this. But injury aside, it's an F for me, bro. It was really just, like, really disappointing to watch. And we consider expectations. Is he the worst tight end in the league? Not even close. Is he still a starter? Probably. Um, but even before his injury, if we didn't extend him, I would have been fine with moving on. Uh, and now he's on the books for, like, I don't remember what I said on our last pod when we talked about it. At least next year, uh, possibly beyond that. Yeah, it's um, it was tough watching him from time to time, especially because you know this is a guy that um, you always kind of see him during during the season as a guy that could be much more than what we had seen in previous season and see, you know, especially if you go by this year, didn't really come anywhere close to that. And just seeing the inconsistency of his play, particularly as a pass catching tight end, it's, it's hard to see, you know, seeing him have some drop passes. uh, There was quite a few games this year that I recall um, that, you know, was blamed on Matthew Stafford and it was just a horrible play from, uh, you know, receive, uh, receiving, you know, weapons like uh, um, Higby. And you can't really fault that on Stafford, you know, if, if he's dropping the football, if he's not where he's supposed to be. Uh, again, like, like Steve said, he, he certainly – a serviceable tight end in the end of it all, but considering how much he was getting paid and your expectation of him to get better, um, not to really necessarily regress, which he did. So, um, 
yeah, I, I, I was a little more lenient um, and gave him a D minus, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I, I, I will say that I, I don't think he is that bad of a tight end, but uh, certainly he, he could do better. And I hope that once he recovers and, you know, gets things squared away, he can get back to form. But man, that's uh, that is a nasty injury. I hope he recovers well. We, yeah, it's it's brutal at the high. I feel for him. That sucks. Um, a commonly talked about stat, and I don't have this stat for any NFL players. I don't even know if they exist for NFL players. But is wins above replacement in the NFL or in the NBA? I'm sure it exists in the NFL. But it's basically like how much value do you have over other guys that play the position? And did when we played in the Super Bowl, did Tyler Higby get hurt during that game or before that game? Do you remember? If I recall correctly, he was injured going into the game, but still uh, attempted to play, and he got hurt during the game, if I recall correctly. So we watched Bryson Hopkins step up, uh, play great, I, you could say the team did not miss a beat with Hopkins out there in that game, right? You could. Now, two years later, we have full evidence that Bryson Hopkins is not good. Nope. And so it makes me think, like, we say Higby is a really reliable guy just because he's been out there for seven years. Like, are we sure? <laughs> like, are we sure? Like... Outside of that five-game stretch that one year, he's he's just been, like, we say, like, reliable. But, like, reliable to do what? Play football? I think there's tons of tight ends who could be doing the same exact shit. I think primarily is because he is a reliable blocker, uh, if we're going to be fair. Uh, now, is he a perfect blocking tight end? No. But um, his, I do... his run blocking grade on Pro Football Focus, and again, this is not a be all end all stat, uh, was bad this year. I I checked it to see because he's forty third ranked overall, so I sorted it by run blocking to see if that like weighted things out for him, and he was still forty third in run blocking. Interesting. Yeah, he, I don't think he was blocking well this year. In the past, yes. In the past, he's been a well above average run blocker. I would say. Well, um, I, I I do think it was definitely a down year for him. I, I don't think there's any question for that. Uh, but <laughs> we'll see if we'll even see him again next year. Yeah, I hope so. You know, he's been a big part of the team for a long time. Uh, and now everybody's favorite part, we're going to talk about six offensive linemen. Woo! <laughs> you know, I am not a offensive lineman expert, so take all my grades here with a the biggest grain of salt because listener, you probably, you might know more about this than me. I'm going to do my best. We'll start with the highest paid guy in the room, Joseph Noteboom. Oh, uh, I pulled some blocking stats off of pro football focus. Uh, Noteboom in nine games allowed 28 pressures, 19 hurries, five QB hits and four sacks. Uh, that's only in nine games. Most of the other guys here played much closer to 15, uh, 52.9 uh, 
grade on pro football focus that ranks 68 among tackles now i know what you're thinking well he played guard for a bit uh that would be 59th among guards so neither is good uh if there are 64 starting tackles in the league he is not a starting tackle despite making starting tackle money uh we do this relative to expectation and my expectations were not high so i will still give him a d in lieu of an f uh i think they will likely even though i would like to keep him as a depth piece i think they will likely cut him and save the five million dollars and eat a bunch of dead cap um but i think there are some variables to that so we'll see what happens uh, I'm going to go ahead and give him an F. <laughs> and, and the reason being is because, uh, okay, so I don't think anyone was under the impression that Joe Nopum was going to be the next Andrew Whitworth. I don't think anyone had that expectation. But the expectation was that you can sort of, you know, pass him the torch, even if the torch was kind of dimmed quite a bit. And, again, no one was expecting him to be nearly as efficient as Whitworth. But it came down to not only him not being able to hold that torch, to basically being demoted to the point where they didn't even want him out there starting. And he's the highest-paid offensive lineman, right? Yeah, he's just active as a backup in a lot of games this year. That's, you know, again, and and Steve's right. We didn't expect a ton from him this year, but at the very minimum for a guy that's being paid this highly, you would think that there would be at least um there would be at least a expectation that he could maybe compete for playing time or something like that. Once we got Kevin Dyson, we were like, who the hell is Joseph Nopum? That's, that's Kevin, horrible. Johnny, we, that's... It, in your credit, we are 52 minutes into the podcast. Uh, Kevin Dyson is the wide receiver from the Titans that Did, got stopped. I thought I said Dyson. I think you said Dyson, or I'm delirious. Did I say Dyson? Okay, well, listener, my bad. Listener, replay the tape and let us know. Uh, yeah, I, did I say Dyson or Dotson? <laughs> yeah. I I won't put put it past myself. Did I, if I said I, Dyson, I can't wait to find out. I know you are obviously talking about Kevin Dotson, regardless of if you said it correctly or not. Oh but man, I, I I did actually see a video of Kevin Dyson uh, nearly making a touchdown, but just so far away. I hope I see it every week for the rest of my yeah. life. Same, same, but. Okay, yes. Uh, if I said Dyson, my bad. Uh, Dotson, yes, that's who I meant. Um, but, yeah, long story short, yes, uh, Joe Noteboom did not meet expectations, even the very minimal expectations I had for him in 2023. So, And it's to the point where, like you said, Steve, would we bat an eye if, if the Rams cut him for $5 million in cap space? Yes, and, and I think that's going to be the move. So that says everything you need to know. F, uh, move on from there. The you got to give McVeigh and Snead credit for rebuilding this offensive line as well as they did from twenty two to twenty three. They are also, and this won't happen because these guys will get cut. 
as of today, they would be paying Joe Nopu and Brian Allen $27 million next year. Uh, so for all the credit we give them for turning this off to the line around, uh, they got to stop handing out extensions to mediocre offensive linemen. Uh, because here we are paying the price. All right. Uh, not mediocre offensive linemen who they handed out extensions to. How about Rob Havenstein? 26 pressures, 21 hurries, three QB hits, and two sacks in 15 games because they include the playoff game. Uh, first time since 2018 that he allowed two or fewer sacks. Uh, so really nice year for him. 79.8 pro football focus grade. That was 14th amongst tackles. Uh, not much really to say about Big Rob. I gave him an A minus. Another very solid year from him. Uh, and I hope he can keep it up for a few more. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, I, I think um, I, I gave him an A just because of his reliability. This is a guy that, you know, uh, other than maybe one season that I can recall, he you you pretty much know that this guy's going to be out there, um, you know, doing uh, relatively good blocking. Uh, maybe he's not the best blocker out there in the game, but he certainly isn't one of the worst ones. And as you said, being ranked uh, 14th for a guy that's been with the team for quite some time, that that says a lot, you know. So I'm uh, real happy with his uh, performance. And, yeah, um, hopefully he continues it in 2024. I think A is a, a, a fair grade for him. Yeah, he – He's paid like he should be around the 14th best tackle in the league. Um, and, you know, that that accounts for right and left tackles. So uh, that's a very impressive ranking. And, yeah, he, he's been so consistent, so reliable. Except that, yeah, that one year, I forgot about it. He was so bad. Was that 2019? Yes. He was it, so bad. I think that was the same year. Um where they were experimenting with so many different offensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember who was the guy that, uh, that contained um, Khalil Mack when he was with the bears, <laughs> Bobby Evans. There we go. Bobby Evans. <laughs> I remember yeah. when we were like, maybe Bobby Evans will overtake uh, <laughs> uh, Rob Evans. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, that was, that was, Truly, in hindsight, one of the the craziest things that's ever happened to the Rams was that Bobby Evans game. That was that was one for the books, man. That was so crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, last tackle we'll talk about here: Alaric Jackson, forty-one pressures allowed, thirty-three hurries, seven QB hits, and one sack. Uh, he graded out forty-third among tackles on Pro Football Focus at sixty-six point six. Um, so still considerably better than Noteboom, even if it's considerably behind Havenstein. Um, I give him a B minus. Again, uh, it would have been nice to see him take like a big leap here, and he didn't do that. But he deservingly beat out Joe Noteboom for the left tackle spot, uh, and felt like he made some strides during the year. He's a guy where like. I wouldn't be upset if they paid big money or high draft capital and replaced him at left tackle. But if they choose to spend that money in draft capital on the defense side of the ball, which I think is a bigger need, you've won with him at left tackle this year, and I think you can do it going forward. Um, so he's fine. 
A B minus for me. So, uh, interesting thing. Um, I think with Alaric Jackson, we had such high expectations because of, um, you know, his, his potential going into the season. And I think somewhere along the line, we forgot that he, you know, he was basically, this was his first year starting, you know, it didn't feel like it. Um, you know, he, he did get kind of thrown into the mix a little bit uh, the previous year uh, before he got hurt, but um, he wasn't really named the true starter. He kind of got in because of injuries that happened uh, to the offensive line. Um, and then this year, I mean, because Joe Nopum wasn't able to hold down the job, you know, he comes in, he becomes the starter, and, you know, we are had high hopes for the guy. And perhaps we had – way too much expectations for a guy that was starting for the first year at left tackle for the team. Um, but considering that this is a guy that was also an undrafted free agent, you know, I, I do have to give him a little bit of props. It took him a bit to, you know, kind of get more consistent. The first half of the year was not that pleasant with him, but um, you know, after like the first half, uh, towards the second half of the year, this guy seemed to get things going and he got more consistent out there and definitely not the most reliable, but um, serviceable, I would say. So in the end, I, I give him a C plus, all things considered. Um, I would love to have him back, to be honest. Um, I, I do think at some point you do have to replace him, but for 2024, I think there are other priorities and um, I don't think you'll be able to fix everything in 2024, even with more money, even with more draft capital. So by retaining him and hopefully planning in the future for another left tackle, um, I say, you know, hold on to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't be that much to bring him back. Uh, yeah. He, I, you know, Johnny, he was drafted in the second round of the CFL. Uh, ah, well, there you go. Yeah, he, he certainly got an opportunity, and he, he's made the most out of it. And, yeah, he's 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 earned a spot on this team and in this league. And uh, it was nice to see him come back from the blood cots thing that happened last year. And, yeah, he, he's a good player. Might keep that job. I did I, – I pulled up Rob Havenstein's career pro football focus stats. Every year is green um, – I think his lowest was 69.6. Everything else was, like, very high, except 2019, where he's at a 50.9, which is 20 points lower than any other season he had. So it was truly just, like, bafflingly out of character from him. Uh, it was. It's great that he bounced back, because I'm sure if you go to our player grade spot from 2019, we probably eviscerated the guy. More than likely. <laughs> yeah. uh, how about our king, Kevin Dotson? 13 games. He allowed 24 pressures, 12 hurries, 8 QB hits, 4 sacks. Kind of high compared to some of the other guys here. But if you take away the Baltimore and Detroit games, which he got beat up a bit, he didn't allow more than two pressures in a single game on the year. And 
he had an 84.4 pro football focus grade, which was the second highest among guards, period. Uh, and obviously, he he shined the most in run blocking. Um, so even if his – he was mostly solid in pass protection outside of a couple games, but uh, he was an elite, elite run blocker at guard. Uh, he certainly should deserve some props for how well this running game uh, played all year. It's a no-brainer A-plus for me. He shockingly managed to become the Rams' biggest free agency priority, and I hope they keep him around. I mean, there is no other grade other than an A-plus to give him because what expectation do you possibly have in obtaining an offensive lineman that was deemed to be a backup on the Pittsburgh Steelers who notoriously didn't have that great of a offensive line to begin with. Uh, speaking of which, if that same offensive line coach is still there in Pittsburgh, they may want to fire him because to let someone like Kevin Dotson go, Dotson, not Dyson, um, to let someone like him go for basically very little. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on over there, but uh, thank you. Yeah. It's it's just wild that with how good we know he is, they looked at their offensive line and they were like, he's not going to start. Like it's crazy. Uh, what a what a gem, uh, a, a huge huge dub for for Les Need on that end. Steve Avila, our rookie, thirty uh, he allowed thirty four pressures, twenty five hurries, seven QB hits, two sacks, uh, sixty and a half pro football focus grade, thirty fifth among guards. Really impressive rookie year. I I'll, I'm going to give him a B plus because you know my expectations were really high for him and he played really well. Uh, I believe he made the all rookie team. Uh, my, I'm very confident in him as a starter moving forward. Um, I, I only give him a B plus because it wasn't like mind blowing stuff from him. But I, I this is uh, the B plus is not me giving him any type of indictment here. Uh, I'm very happy with what we saw out of him. Uh, I can't wait to see what he does moving forward. Uh, yeah, I also too gave him uh, a B plus. Uh, you know, definitely wasn't perfect or anything like that, especially you know being lined up with the likes of Kevin Dotson. But um, you know, I, I think from a rookie standpoint, this is a guy that came in. Um, there was pretty much no doubt that he was going to be the starter. Uh, you know, that you had Joe Noteboom right there that could have taken the job away from him. And this is a guy with experience. So uh, I don't know if that says more about Avila than it does. Uh, Noteboom, uh, you decide on that. But um, overall, you, you, you can't help but feel a little bit excited about uh, Steve Avila moving forward because uh, this is a guy that the the Rams drafted, and it feels like from the very beginning that they made the right selection, and it's not very often that happens. So, um, yeah, kudos to uh, Les Need on this pick. Um, really, kudos to him on the draft in general. At worst, with Avila, you have a guy who you can confidently start for the duration of his rookie contract. At best, you have a cornerstone of your offensive line for years to come so yeah it's we've ranted and raved about this rookie class for weeks and months and we'll continue to do it um he was the first pick it was a great pick we're happy to have him 
Last offensive line we'll talk about, Coleman Shelton, our starting center for the year. Uh, 36 pressures, 22 hurries, 12 QB hits, 2 sacks, 66.1 on pro football focus. That grades at the 16th among center, which means, Johnny, he is the complete average at center in 2023. That's how he felt. I gave him a B. Uh, Calling him an average center, I don't view as a knock at all. I'd be perfectly content with him being back as a starting center next year. We'll see what happens. Um, He's a perfectly fine NFL center. (laughs) And that's pretty much what I gave him. I gave him a C plus. Um, average, uh, player, average, uh, grade, I guess. Um, I didn't have a a lot of expectation to be honest. Um, it was actually a little bit shocking that, uh, Shelton ended up getting the, the, the nod to be the starter, uh, especially because the expectation, at least at the very beginning of the off season was that, uh, Brian Allen was most likely going to be the starter. Uh, and so he did actually overtake him. Not, don't know what that says about Brian Allen, but um, yeah, uh, another, uh, another uh, head scratching extension, but uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, as far as we're, we're not grading Brian Allen. He, he, he didn't play. No, no, no. <laughs> I, that, that's not what I meant. But yeah, uh, yeah, are, are, you mean to tell me you don't want to grade the backup offensive lineman? <laughs> I this is the I haven't talked about offensive lineman this much in a long time, and I hope I don't have to for a while. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as far as um, Coleman Shelton is concerned, would I be upset if the Rams brought him back to be the starting center next year? No, not at all, because um, he's a serviceable center and. I mean, he feels very much like an Austin Blythe, where, yeah, you know, he he was there. Yeah, you know, I love Austin Blythe. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, so I, I'm I'm all for it. You know, he shouldn't cost too much to return. Um, yeah, just uh, if we could have go, if we could go back in time and draft Creed Humphrey over. Tutu Atwell, that'd be great, but we can't. So, uh, you know, Coleman Shelton it is. Yeah, we cannot do that. Um, any other players you feel like grading before we, we talk about Van Jefferson quick? Uh, can we throw in Cam Akers? No. <laughs> the, man, <laughs> the man tore his Achilles again. Okay. I'm not, okay. not going to bury him. Uh, it's it's not straight up no dude (laughs) it's the the Achilles injury is crazy man I can't believe that happened Uh, obviously would be an F minus maybe Um, Van Jefferson so he played five games with the Rams before they traded him to the Falcons for a bag of peanuts Um, he in those Five games. He only really saw the field in four. Uh, the four games without Cooper Cup, where it's hard to remember now. Uh, he was the alpha going into those games. Uh, the clear wide receiver one on this roster heading into week one, if you were an outsider. He has eight catches on 15 yards, 
or on 15 targets for 108 yards. Um, only one of those four games, he has more than two catches. He Cooper Cup comes back in week five, and we all wonder, are they going to cut Puka's snaps back? Is Tutu Atwell not going to play? Is Van Jefferson not going to play? They just straight up blacklisted Van Jefferson and traded him days later. Uh, this was... Really, this was one of the most, like, I can't remember a player who, in a make-or-break moment, broke quicker and more devastatingly than Van. Uh, And I hate to say all this shit because he seems like a really great dude uh, who contributed in our Super Bowl run. But, uh, Jesus, man, I I, I genuinely don't know if he'll be in the league next year. Uh, His run in Atlanta was horrible. Uh, I think his season ended with dropping a pass that would have kept him in playoff contention. <laughs> wow, what a way to end his season, huh? Dude, I don't know if he will be in the NFL next year. I, I, you know, maybe there'll be a team out there that says we're desperate, you know, maybe practice squad. I don't know. But um, it's it's disappointing because when you see Van Jefferson, especially – um, throughout the entirety of his career, he looks like a guy that could break out at any moment and never actually does, you know? And, and it's it's so disappointing because he's there, you know? I, and I actually remember thinking in my head that there's so much potential with this guy. Um, I don't remember which year it was, but I remember it was against the Bears, and this man had a hell of a game. Um he had a he had a really solid start to 2021. Um, That's it then. Yeah. yeah, pretty deep into like up to like week 12, he was playing really well, and then like I don't know what happened. It just kind of like fell off, and then he in that playoff run, I just remember it, it felt like he had no chemistry with with Stafford at all, um, which was crazy because he he was. He was pretty solid for most of that year. And then from 2022 on, it felt like the dude was just getting cardio in. <laughs> and that that's the sad thing is you, you, you've seen what he's capable of and only for him to just kind of vanish. And yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't have much expectation for him at all this year. So uh, I'm still giving him an F just because, well, quite frankly, he deserves it. Yeah, it's an F for me, too. Yeah, I, I remember thinking, too, because, uh, you know, before, obviously, the discovering of Puka, you know, we were thinking, well, is Van Jefferson the number two guy? And uh, I remember thinking in my head, it's only a matter of time before Puka takes the spot. And, uh, yeah, he kind of did. It's, cr- it's crazy. Uh, it. If you told me that, like, if this is how Van Jefferson's season would go, I don't know if I would ever believe you. Not that I ever thought he'd be like, I, I, I don't know if I ever really thought he'd have his breakout year this year. I, I, I don't think I did. Uh, listeners can rem- keep me honest if I did say that in the preseason. Um, but like, Jesus, man, it went about as bad as it could have. And our boy, Benny Scrow, I don't think really played enough to get a grade. 
Though special teams captain Ben Skoranek, maybe maybe we'll talk to him about the special teams. Maybe, maybe. All right, we've been gone for a while, so we'll be back next week with defensive grades uh, and update y'all on any news if that comes out. But hey, follow us on Twitter, Steve Barrow, Johnny Five Not Six, Talk Rams. We'll talk to you guys soon.